Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and again, Merry Christmas, and thank you for being with us uh, as we worship the Lord tonight. Um, my intention is, uh, we're at 3.30, usually I'm about an hour and a half, so in all seriousness, my intention is to be somewhat short tonight. I know we said this is kind of our normal service, and um, tomorrow we will be one hour, I promise you that. Um, but uh, tonight I'm just going to preach, um, and I'm, I've got a, a sermon that I believe will be encouraging to us uh, as we look at our series that we have been in now for the last couple weeks. Uh, we started the series or the year with the, the theme of resting in Him, and we are ending the year just the same. And so we've looked at rest uh, in His presence. We looked at rest in His promise, and tonight we're going to look at resting in His leading. And I believe that as we do look at this and as we have looked at different ideas of resting in him throughout the year, I pray, I really do, I pray that it's been something that you've maybe stopped a few times throughout the year and just thought. Uh, am I slowing down? Am I stopping? Am I resting? Am I truly resting? Am I truly abiding in the Lord? And uh, I don't know, I, I know that this year has been one of those, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, he had called me uh, Thursday, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, and he, you know, we haven't talked in a, in a little bit, and he just said, hey, how are you doing? How is the year gone, and how is this? And I'm like, well, it's, I don't even know what to say. It's been like a really, really good year, and then there's other parts of it that I'm like, well, it happened, right? Uh, and I, isn't that every year? Every year, there's parts of it that are just amazing, and there's other things that you look at, and you go, it happened. We're here. Uh, we've made it another day. Um, and so I pray that as we've done this study throughout the year, uh, off and on, uh, looking at that thought of rest, uh, looking at the book of Mark as we have the majority of the year, I pray that it's been something that you have uh, been able to rest in, uh, truly resting in who Christ is. If nothing else, I pray that you have come to a place of understanding that uh, all the work that we do doesn't really solve the problem. That's really what it comes down to. We are busy people, and a lot of our busyness is trying to fix and solve us. I can do it. I'm going to make this happen. And if nothing else, maybe this year you've realized in your spiritual life, as I stated last, the last couple of weeks that we've looked at this, is uh, this thought of being diligent and that I have to do what I have to do, but I have to be completely dependent on who God is. At the end of the day, the only way that we can truly rest in who God is, is if we do what we know that we're called to do, and we say, God, I trust in you to do everything that you said you would do. And as we close out the year, that's really the thought, that's the heartbeat behind this. Guys, we can rest in God. We can have trust in our faith and trust in Him because of His presence, because He sent Emmanuel, God with us, but also the promises that He has given have not stopped. The things that He said would happen, the things that He said for us to do, that if we would do them, that He would do X, Y, or Z, none of that's changed. You look at Scripture, the if if you do, then this, the if-thens in God's word are still there. So we must be diligent and trust him to do what he had said that he would do. And so this evening is no different. We're going to look at this rest in his leading. We're going to look at a very familiar story 
of the wise men traveling from east. Traveling from the east, searching out this king. I've always thought this, uh, this was one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story to me. It's just fascinating. As I've, I was in college and I did my first kind of little bit of a study on the wise men. And uh, as much as we like to talk about so many of these things, we know next to nothing about the wise men. We really do. You can dive in, you can study, and everything is in many regards, it's a hypothetical. We believe this because of this. So we believe that they came from where they came from. One, we know they come from the east. But outside of that, we know that they are, they are affiliated with certain things because of their name, which is affiliated with things over here. And so really, we don't know exactly where they came from. We don't know how many people there were. We always have in our nativities, everybody has three the only reason there's three, why? Because there's three gifts. We know that most likely they traveled with a bunch of people. But we don't know. We know very little about the wise men as it pertains to, I can say this for fact. There's not a lot that we know pertaining the wise men. And so this morning, or this, uh, this morning, it's not Sunday morning, right? This afternoon, I'm going to say that probably 20 times tonight. This after this afternoon, this afternoon as we look at this, knowing that we don't have everything, we believe that they come from the Persian area. It would appear that these wise men, they were called Magi. The name itself, again, kind of traces us or, or traces them back to a location in Ur or in the Persian area. Name, the name being associated with skilled men that were involved in astronomy and astrology. They were often involved in occult-like practices, things like sorcery and other things that were associated with interp- interpreting dreams and, and things of that nature. With their knowledge of science, their knowledge of agriculture, mathematics, history, and and the occult, uh, their religious and political influence was constantly growing. Because again, people, even today, you can go places and you find them everywhere. Somebody that can tell you your fortune, your future, right? That's a big deal. People, have you ever gone somewhere and they've asked you what your birthday was and then they wanted to know your sign? Because it tells us, supposedly, all of these things. People want to know those things. Hey, what's going to happen tomorrow? Can you tell me my future? Can you do all of those things? These people were a part of all of that. If you remember in the book of Daniel, right? Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He kept calling the wise men, the magi, these people to him to interpret the dream so that he would know, hey, what's going to happen? Where am I supposed to go? None of them could do it. Remember? So what did they do? They called Daniel. Daniel was able to do those things. Daniel then got placed in a very, very high position within the government. Why? Because he was able to do those things. And so we look at these men This is who they are. This is where they were. They were growing and they were having greater power and greater influence and their their advisory inside of the Babylonian Empire. And so this is kind of who they are. And so these men would have been great. These men would have had uh, wisdom. They would have knowledge. They would have all of these things. And they would also, because of their tie back to the, the area or that time frame with Daniel and how that traveled, the, the, the conversation there, 
they would have had at that point some biblical understanding and biblical knowledge of the Word of God. And so in large part because of that, they now begin to perceive some of these things. They see a star. They've understood certain aspects of this. Here's what we, we look at as we're studying, as we think of this. They most likely would have traveled some 900 or more miles. We don't know how they traveled. We would assume that there would have been horses involved and other things of travel at that time, but some 900 and some odd miles that they would have traveled with this entourage of people. They would have arrived at uh, the place of Jesus. It would have been, um, there's the varying of time frames. Nine months, 18 months after the birth of Jesus. Somewhere, again, that's a, that's a pretty broad scope of time. But we know that it would have been a, a, in that, that time frame because of what they knew about the stars and so on and so forth. I also find it fascinating that today there's a study or there was a, an article that was written uh, in the Times Magazine, I believe it was, uh, in 1999. That an astronomer from Rutgers University in 1999 was still talking about studying and looking into what was this star that took place back in Jesus' day. Think about that. That was a long time removed. But here's what they found. In 1999, this, this, this astronomer from Rutgers said that it was an alignment of stars and planets that would have happened in the year of Christ's birth. In the same article, a British astro astrophysicist says the Bethlehem star was a real star that can still be seen by telescope today. This was in the ancient Chinese reports of an unusually bright star in that same time frame. The article concluded with this. We now have two fresh theories. Again, this is 1999. Providing new scientific support for the biblical story. Which makes the star of wonder a little less of a mystery. Matthew Henry said this. The birth of Christ was notified to the Jewish shepherds by an angel. To the Gentile philosophers by a star. To both, God spoke in their own language and in the way that they were best acquainted with. I love that this morning because as we get into this story and looking at resting in the leading of Christ, leading of God in our lives, I, I look at that. Just like God spoke specifically to the shepherds in a specific manner, and God spoke specifically to the wise men in a specific manner, a manner that they would have been accustomed with, God speaks to you and I just the same. God speaks, and I'm not here, like I understand this, I'm not saying that God is going to give you the audible voice and somebody may tell me that, whatever it is. God speaks through God's word to us today. That's what I believe to be the truth. But I do also believe this. As you read God's word tonight, and every time that I speak, it never ceases to amaze me how I could stand at that door and several of you will come by, shake my hand and say something in reference to my sermon or whatever that I have studied. And I could have five of you come to me and say five completely different things that I said. And which none of them were actually a part of my sermon. Does that make sense? No, but listen to me. And I'm not saying that in a negative 
Because I will say something and I will read this passage of Scripture and when I speak of it, when I teach of it, I'm speaking it from a directive. But when you are listening, you hear the same exact thing, but God said something that was a little different meaning to you. Sometimes it's because of where you are in life. Sometimes it's because you are this type of person and I am this type of a person. We hear things differently, if you will. So God speaks to us that way. I love this thought. That, the, that, that, that thought there that he spoke to the Jewish shepherds in one way, he spoke to those Gentile philosophers in another. This morning, I have a simple thought. The thought is this. The leading of the Lord may land you at what seems to be a shack. Trust him, open the door, and worship where he has led you. I want you to think about this today. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know when you have trusted God in any way, shape, or form when you've said, God, I believe that this is where it is supposed to be and I'm going to let it all go and I'm going to follow the star, so to speak. And as you've been along your journey, you've come to a place. These wise men came to a place that was not a kingly type of a place. They found themselves at a peasant's home. I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times in my life where I've thought, God, why did you bring me to this shack? And I've had to step back and go, all right, God, I'm trusting you here. So tonight, this afternoon, my prayer is that we would take this thought Wherever God has you, whatever you are doing, wherever you're at in your life, as you're trusting God to lead you, there's multiple different things that we will look at tonight. You might be in any one of those places. You may be resting literally as the wise men were as they fell at the feet of Jesus. You might be at that place. You might be in somewhere in the middle of that 900 miles on the upswing of some mountain thinking to yourself, this is a really tall mountain. How am I going to get to the top? And why am I going here? You might be in the middle of nine months of climber taking this 900-mile journey going, Lord, Las Vegas, this is where you land me. I don't like the heat. I love the colors. I love green grass. And you brought me to Vegas. But God, I'm going to open that door and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to worship you where I'm at. You might be at the very beginning and you're excited. These wise men were excited. They saw the star. They were like, listen, hey guys, let's go. We're going to find the king of the Jews. Let's go. And you're at that place. God has shown you something. You believe you're supposed to be taking that step and you're here. We go. Let's go, let's go. We're We're running. Those moments are really fun. When you're climbing up the mountain in between those moments because you haven't found to the end, that's tough. And then when you get to the end and you're like, this shack, this is the place you're leading me? I don't know, Lord. I thought you had this thing all together. But we trust him. We open the door and we worship him right where we're at. We're going to be in Matthew chapter number two this morning. We're going to look at the first 12 verses, and then we'll uh, jump into a couple points 
and get you out of here to go do whatever it is that you're doing this awesome Christmas Eve night. Matthew chapter 2, it says this, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Verse number 7, Then Herod when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they re rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father God, we come to you. And Lord, we ask that you would... Speak through your word. I just ask God that you would, would you go, would you go before? Open the hearts and the minds and the, the eyes of each one that hears this. Not because of what I've said, but God, would you speak into the life? God, there is no doubt there's people on every part of this journey like these wise men. They've trusted you. They've become excited about the star that they're going to face. Somebody's in the middle. That journey became long. There's somebody else that got to the end and they thought, Lord, why would you bring me to this location? But God, I pray that regardless of where we are, those wise men, they opened that door and they walked in and the first thing that they did was they fell upon their faces before you. Lord, would we be at that place regardless of where we are? Would we trust you? Would we worship you? Because you are almighty and worthy of our praise. Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thought this is tonight is this, trust in his leading. Jesus has been born. The star has now shining bright. The wise men from the east took off on their journey. I imagine that they really had no idea exactly what they were doing or where they were going. They knew that there was some kind of a star. They had heard about the, the coming of this king, that there would be this king, that there would be some of these things. They, they knew all of those things, but they really had no idea what exactly it was that they were getting into. Have you ever been in a spot where you really had no idea what you were getting into? All of us have. How many of you raise your hand, you would say, if you were just to be real honest, when you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were super excited, and then you were like, I didn't think I was getting into this. Anybody? A bunch of you? 
Man, some of you, you thought, I'm going to do this, and Jesus is going to take everything away, and then you open your eyes, and you're like, wait a second, nothing's gone. (laughs) Some of you thought, man, I gave Jesus my life, now all of a sudden I'm dealing with children. I don't like kids, but God made, I'm, I'm teaching children. You're doing all kinds of things that you never thought you would have done. Some of you are in church. Nobody around you would have ever thought you would have been in church, right? So we have those stories just in salvation, But I don't believe these wise men knew exactly what they were getting into. Just like often us, we don't know exactly what we're getting into. But they begin to go. We know that the wise men had access to the Hebrew scriptures and knew of the coming Messiah. Some believe it was out of like Numbers 24, 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Maybe it was that passage of scripture that was in their mind that they knew they were looking for something at some point and as the time passed through all these generations, these were the ones that they were continually looking for a star. We don't know. We do not know the exact reason that they were following this star to search for this king, but they did. They may have seen the star. They may have looked at the constellation maps and they began to ponder. They may have remembered Daniel and how he spoke of the anointed one, the ruler. They may have been reminded of Psalm 72 and verses 10 and 11. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. And the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Maybe it was Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 3. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Again, I say all those verses, but the reality is we don't know 100% what it was that stirred in their mind other than God spoke to them to go and to follow this light. But I'll ask you again. Have you had a time in your life when you were so confident that you knew you were to follow that star, if you will? And there was times in my life where I was really confused. I can think of the time that Mindy and I were in Virginia before we had moved here. And I had a position that was available here. And after the, the day after I accepted the position to move to Las Vegas, it was a Tuesday afternoon. I got off the phone. I said, yes, I will come. I will be the youth pastor. The day after, the next morning, I got a call and I had a conversation with the pastor that I was working with that said, would you stay and take this position? Man, I didn't know what to do. I had already committed to this. But then I, I, already, I loved the kids and I loved the people that I was working with there. And there wouldn't have been a wrong one way or the other. It would have been awesome to stay. And that was... About a month or two later, as I began to, we were praying and we were talking and we were going through that thing. We went to summer camp that summer. And on our summer camp, we had to have an answer by the end of that week. And every single night, Mindy and I would come to the end of the night. She was staying with the girls and I was staying with some of the guys. And we'd come back together every single night. And I would say, hey, what do you think? And she would go, I don't know. What do you think? And I'd say, I don't know. And we'd go to bed. The next night, we'd come back together, and we would do the same thing. So what are you thinking? I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know. You know, the very last night on that Friday evening, at the end of all of everything, the kids were going to bed. We had just finished the last of our thing. Everybody was heading to their rooms. And I said, I think I know what we're supposed to do. And she said, I think I know. I said, what do you think? (laughs) 
<laughs> but we both said we need to go to Vegas. And we knew. And so I told the pastor that I was working for, hey, I really, I really think that we're supposed to continue to go towards Vegas. It wasn't long after that. We were here for about two and a half years. And I knew it was time for us to take the, the next step and to move on from where we were serving at that time. And I've shared this story of just being really miserable and unhappy. And we began to attend at Oasis. We were members just like some of you working at a construction company with Rich Frank. With, Rich is not here. What a bum. I don't know where you're at, Rich. I, maybe you're watching. I don't know. But I was working with Rich Frank. And I had been praying, God, could you do something? Because I'm miserable. I don't like this. I'm unhappy. I didn't like my job. I wasn't able to pay the bills. Everything around us was just kind of not what we wanted and not where we thought it should be. And I just began to pray. And of course, I thought my answer to prayer came in a phone call on a Friday afternoon when I got a phone call from my buddy Tom who called me, who took the job that I didn't take, who became the junior high pastor, that then went to the senior high pastor. And when he went to the senior high pastor, he asked if I'd come and be the junior high pastor. And I began to cry. And I called Mindy and I said, you'll never believe it. I just got a job offer to go back to Virginia. It's like my dream job. She said, okay. Monday morning, I got on the phone and I called Tom and I said, Tom, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I can't come out there. He goes, that's okay. I said, no, it's not. See, there's times in our lives where we know that we've seen the star, if you will, and we just have to do it. I knew in both of those times, there was a time where I was unsure, then there was a time where I knew that was what I had to do and I had to walk through that. I did not know that saying no to Tom 16 years ago meant that I would be a pastor at Oasis Baptist Church however many years later, and now I'm trying to get Tom to move to Vegas. How about them apples? <laughs> but either way, I didn't know any of that back then. I didn't. And listen, these wise men, they, they saw a star. Some of you have seen the star and there's a confidence and there's a joy and there's an excitement about all of the things that you have seen. And then all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a 900-mile journey and we look and we're like, oh my goodness, we moved to Vegas and God, you're going to do this to us? I was a youth pastor of 85 kids when they asked me to resign. It was two when we started. God, how are you going to move us to Vegas? We're in the middle of 900 miles. And they're going to ask me to resign from a position with no reason behind it? Man, you like to think that I had no idea what was going on in my world? I had no idea what was going on in my world. But I knew that God brought us to Vegas. I knew it. And then when the phone call came, I thought, sweet, I'm leaving Vegas. I'm going to Virginia into the mountains, and I'm going to see green grass, and I'm going to have all the Blue Ridge all around us, and we're going to do, this is my dream job. God, clear as day, said, no, you're not. <laughs> I called you to Las Vegas. Listen, I don't know where you're at. You might be at the beginning stages of where I was, and we packed up, and we were excited to move to Vegas 
You might be in the place where you're halfway in between and all of a sudden everything's happening. You're climbing the mountain. It's getting dark. It's really cold. You're pitching a tent for yet another night's sleep in the middle of who knows where because you're searching some star. You know what? It probably would just be easier if you just, just go back home. I don't know where you're at. But can I just say this? Trust in the leading of God and continue to seek his face wherever you are in the midst of it. Hey, trust in his leading. I I just want you to know today, I can rest in his leading every time. When God has opened that door and we have walked through it, continue to walk, continue to be faithful, continue to trust, continue to be diligent, and rest in him. Hey, we've already talked about it. I can, I can do that. Why? Because I trust his promises. His promises are true. He's never let me down before. Why will he start today? But God, I'm in the middle of this. Where am I at? I'm in the middle of a 900-mile journey. What are you, where are we going? Why am I here? Oh, you trust in it. You keep walking. I wish I could tell you why things took place when they did and how they did. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But I know that it was in that moment that brought me to Oasis for a period of nine to ten months of just ugly. I didn't like life. (laughs) To then become a teacher again, which I said I would never teach children again in an educational classroom setting. And I did it for another like five years. I don't know why God allowed that to happen. If there's one part along the journey, that's the part. I don't understand. Why would you put me in education? But either way, but I know there's all of those things have added pieces to who God had me to be to help me in my journey. Hey, keep being faithful. Keep trusting. Keep moving forward. If you're struggling with his leading, remember to stay faithful to him. The second thought is open the door where he has led you. Open the door where he has led you. The wise men traveled, and it says they began to ask, where is this king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. Again, we can go through, and I know I'm not going back and diving into every, every word and verse of this, but as you look at this, they, they know where they're going. They're, they're heading out to, to ask the question. And could you imagine arriving somewhere? Can you imagine as the wise men? They knew. This is where the star is taking me. I'm now in, I'm in Jerusalem. Of course everybody in Jerusalem knows what's going on, right? Everybody has to know. This star is, we've been following this star for some time. We know that the birth has already happened. Where is this baby? Where is this king of the Jews? And everybody just looks at you and goes, what are you talking about? Well, surely you people know. You have to know. What are you talking about? Word gets back to Herod. Hey, there's these people out there. There's these wise men. They're asking everybody about this king of the Jews. And he's going, wait, I'm the only king around here. He gets all of his religious elites. He gets all of the people. Hey, what's going on? Who is this? What's going on? They're like, well, don't you remember? 
It said that this was going to happen. He, they look at it, verse number 5 and 6. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written, Thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of, of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Hey, Herod, we know this. Well, you better go get that guy and bring him in here. Get those people in here. And he's hot. He's fuming. He's not joyous. He's not ready to help them go find. He wants them to help to go find so that he can kill them. The wise men traveled all of this time. They finally arrived, but yet there was no fanfare. There was no celebration of this king that was born. So they get in and they talk to the king. He begins to do this and that. He begins to tell them where it is. Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them, and he sent them to Bethlehem. Go and search dil- <coughs> excuse me, go and search diligently for the young child. When you find him, bring me word again that I would then go and worship him. They've arrived to nothing. It's interesting, again, I, I made some of this reference early on in the, introdu- <coughs> excuse me, in the introduction. All of this is historical documentation outside of Scripture, which I think is, again, the genius of who God is and how he put this whole thing together. That this isn't, when people want to say there is no God, when people want to argue some of these things, take, I'll, take them to Scripture, but point them to all of the historical truth that points directly to God. When people are arguing, what are we arguing today? There is no God, there is evolution, and the, the, there is no creation, there is no creator, and all of these things. Do you know the more and more intelligence that's coming out inside of science every day proves 100% that God created? We're looking at it here, and I'm not going to go into a lot of it, but from a gentleman named Suetonius to Josephus to Tacitus, to Titus, to Titus, however you say it. These are all great historians of Rome that all wrote of this expectation and of all of exactly what took place. The wise men arrive. There's no fanfare. There's an argument if the star was still shining or if it had gone at this time and faded away. But we know what we do know was they were led and they began to unlock every single door. Hey, when God leads us, we began to pray. (coughs) God, I believe this is it. God, I believe this is it. And what did I say? Every single night we would come back to each other that week and we'd say, hey, what do you got? I don't know. What do you got? I don't know. In some ways, we were kind of doing the same thing. We were just walking around. We were asking, hey, where is this king? Hey, hey. We're just praying. Before I said yes 10 years ago to do this job, which sometimes I go, why did I say yes 10 years ago to do this job? I would ask Mindy on a regular basis. See, I was praying specifically. God, you need to tell Mindy that she could say yes to me. In my mind, I thought this is what I was supposed to do but I didn't want to say yes to doing this job without her saying, Aaron, I am with you and I will be on board with this. So I would pray specifically 
God, you need to have Mindy say this to me. I'm not kidding. And it wasn't verbatim, but it was basically everything that I would pray, she would then come and kind of support what I was praying for because I wasn't about to be a pastor with my wife who had no desire to be a pastor's wife. And I don't think you would want that either. I don't think so. I hope not. And she would have hate my guts. I'd have been sleeping on the couch forever. But I say that, <coughs> I say that why? As we're following this star and as we're going through and we're trusting in his leading, we begin to unlock the doors to the best of our ability, trusting him where we are. We're knocking down those doors. We're knocking, not knocking down the doors, but we're knocking and praying and seeking and doing the things that we can do. Listen, we can rest in his leading regardless of what it is. As we continue to press on, he hears everything going on. He has the men come in. And I love this in verses 9 and 10. <coughs> Excuse me. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And in verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They walked back out. They're in the, the palace or wherever that they all were. And they leave the palace to see the star <coughs> shining bright right before them. And it says they rejoiced. Now, I don't know what rejoicing meant to them. I don't know that they jumped. I don't know that they screamed. I don't know that they gave each other high fives, that they began to do a dance. I don't know what they did. <coughs> but it says that they rejoiced and they followed to that star. Listen, tonight... There's probably a lot of things that was going through their minds. But I'll ask you this. <clears throat> Has there been a time in your life where you literally just thought, God, why did you bring me to this shack? Think about this. this <laughs> I've never had this thought before. And all the times that I've studied this passage and all the different things that I've done inside of this passage. Why? Like, what did they think when they landed at that home? We're looking for a king. I've traveled 900 to 1,000, <coughs> 900 to 1,000 miles to land at a peasant's home? I think if somebody was searching for a king and they found my house, they'd probably be upset. Right? Man, I'm looking for somebody that's powerful. I'm looking for this. This is the king of kings. This is the king of the Jews. This is, they were expecting. What were they expecting? <coughs> Sorry. What were they expecting? They had in their mind the king of the Jews is coming. He's going to rule. He's going to reign. He's going to take charge. And they found a peasant house. I, I thought of this this week. Did they just look at each other and they're like, 
are you sure this is it? <laughs> okay, guys, um, I don't know what the joke is. There's no way. This is the house. Some of you have landed. I've said this a lot. Some of you hate the fact that you're in Las Vegas. <laughs> I've heard that more in the last almost 20 years of my life than I can, I can count and tell you. Can I just say this? If this is the shack that God had led you to, trust him. Open the door and worship. It might be for six months. It might be for six years. It might be for the rest of your life. <coughs> I don't know. But as I look at this, I'll say to you as I go to my next point and my last point, the leading of the Lord may land you at what seems to be a shack. Trust him. Open the door. You will find great rest when you trust God, follow the star, and open the door where he has you. And the last thought this morning is just simply that. Worship him where you are. The last thought. Worship him where you are. We see that they went into the home. And I, I don't know that I need to say much in this regard. <coughs> the only thing that we really talk much as it pertains to these wise men is what? That they traveled from the east and they came bearing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I know I've read it, I've preached it, but it's almost like it hit me something different this week as I was studying it and reading and kind of processing through. But before they did anything of honoring Jesus, a child, with any gift, what does it say that they did? They fell upon their face and they worshiped God. Stop and just think about that. They've traveled all this way. They went and met with the king. The king said, hey, it's in Bethlehem. Go to Bethlehem, find this king, come back, because I want to go worship him. Like how, well, if you know where he's at and you want to worship him, go. You're the king, you have, you have access, to, <coughs> access to do anything you want. Go. But they go from there with joy and excitement and they open the door, they open into this house, they walk into this house. And as they walk into the house, it blows my mind. I, I think of it. Was there a glow coming out of a child? There's children in our room right now. <clears throat> There's little ones right here. There's a couple in the back. I have four of them. I don't, <laughs> there was never a glow out of any four of mine. <clears throat> Nobody walked into my house and was just falling at the ground, worshiping at my children. 
What was it at a one to two year old child that these, these men would have come and they would have just fell, but they knew that was the king. They knew that was Jesus. They knew that he was the Messiah. And as they came into the home, it says they fell. And it's, it, that word fall and worship would have been prostrate. They would have fell upon their faces to the ground to worship a child, the king of kings and lord of lords. And it hit me this week so hard that how often we want to give Jesus our gifts. We want to give him all of the stuff, but we never give him us. God, here's my gift. Here's the gold. Oh, Jesus, here's the frankincense. And oh, here's this. But he doesn't have me. Before he got any of their gifts, they fell and worshiped an almighty God. Hey, this morning... I don't know where you're at inside of this process. But here's what I say. I've said this, I don't know how many times. God doesn't want your gift. God wants you. I will promise you this. If he has you, he has all of the gifts that we have. He could care less if I'm a great speaker. He could care less of any of the talents that he has given me. Because he's the one who gave them to us. He will use it when we give him ourselves. <laughs> when we give him us. God, here I am. I walked through the door. I've traveled all this way. I'm just a... I'm clearly these wise men, which were powerful men were absolutely nothing in the presence of the most powerful. Think about it. He just wants you. Hey, this morning, <laughs> this afternoon, borderline evening, <clears throat> rest in his leading. Maybe you're in the middle. waiting for more maybe you were excited and you started in on the journey following the star and you were it was gung-ho i'm i'm running maybe today you were right in the middle of that and the wild animals are coming the mountains are getting hard the climb and the walk is getting more and more and more. All I can encourage you with is this. Trust him. Rest in his leading. Rest in his leading. And when you arrive, whether it looks like a shack to you or you thought this is exactly what it was, open the door, worship him right where you are. I just pray this evening that regardless of where you're at in this journey, because I promise you, you're somewhere in that journey. <clears throat> Somebody in here, maybe you're not in that journey. <laughs> maybe you're searching something. You might sit here and you don't know what it is to follow Jesus. 
you don't know him as your personal savior. You've never accepted Christ as your savior. And maybe you are seeking that. And I just tell you that God loves you. God sent his son to die for you. That you would have everlasting life. Can I say that that everlasting life is not just something that happens after this life and when we, we've passed from here, but God's word says that to know him is everlasting life. That starts today. If you don't know Christ as your savior, I plead with you, why not today? Why not make Jesus your savior today? For the majority in this room, <clears throat> where are you in the journey? What does it look like today? I just want to tell you, you can find great rest in his leading. Father, I come to you today. <clears throat> and Lord, as I stated earlier in my prayer, there's no doubt that there's folks inside of this room that are all along that spectrum. There may be some tonight that know you as Savior. They may know the star is before them and they're hesitant to take that step of trust and follow. There's others that are at the beginning of that and they're sprinting and they're so excited because the star is there and they know that this is exactly what you have for them. God, I pray that you would allow them to stay bold, that you would allow them to uh, be Intimate and real and genuine right where they are with you because the next step might be a little more difficult. Father, there's somebody that's in the middle of it right now and it's hard. They're struggling as to if they keep on going or if they just take that step back and they turn around. Lord, would you allow them, give them the exact thing that they need. Give them the encouragement that they need. Put somebody in their life that would, would remind them, God has you where you are. Keep faithful remain faithful stay the course your word says being steadfast immovable god would we be that lord there's others that have gone through all of it and they've got to the end and they're thinking what what <laughs> here give them the, the faith to open the door because on the other side is just going to be the most amazing thing that they've ever seen. God, would you move and speak in our hearts today? For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Will we just stand to our feet? I will not prolong anything. We're just going to sing a verse of invitation. My desire is this. Maybe this morning or this afternoon... Maybe you would grab your family. Maybe you would come forward. And with your family, just say, God, I'm thankful for this family. You might grab your family and pray as long, along the lines of something that we spoke of tonight, of we're following this star and maybe where we are in this process. God, would we remain faithful? Maybe tonight you need Jesus as your Savior. I would love to talk to you. I would love to put you with somebody that can help you and show you in God's word. But we just respond to him and then we'll close out the evening and we'll send you home. But why don't you just worship the Lord this morning?